It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L. D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. some time, a friend, confidant, agitated at times too, <laughs> she's a wonderful, wonderful lady and friend, uh, worked with me uh, quite some time ago too, and uh, but I'm so excited to have her here, she's been dealing with her own situations in life, but guess what, she's a strong overcomer of a lot of things, and we want to welcome Miss Jonette. Betty Boutte to counter. Thank you, LD. At New Iberia High, mm-hmm. you excelled to the level that you were able to gain a scholarship. Well, this is what happened. Did, I think it was my, I think it was my junior I think it was my junior year when I heard about Title Nine uh, and 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 female athletes. Uh, being awarded scholarships to, to college. And I remember thinking, and, and that's why I kind of relate to what Coach said, because Coach for, Right. Because for me, you know, I mean, you know, I, I used to say, I used to say uh, my family was poor without the R, you know what I mean? <laughs> we were poor. <laughs> my sister keeps saying, no, we weren't. We were who we were. And it really makes sense because, it, you know, until I got to LSU, I didn't know we were poor, you know, because <laughs> you know, because everything we needed, my mother provided, and you know, that that was it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Community, nobody had more that's than right. Elders, that's so right. And so I was I was a very loved person. I was taken care of. I'd not been molested by anybody or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, that. yes. Now I realize that. But um, um, I knew that if I was going to go uh, to college. Uh, because I was the oldest of my mother's children. My uncle, my mother's younger brother, had gone to um, college, Wiley College, uh, uh, ATCU, uh-huh. and actually um, uh, was drafted by the Saints to play football, but ended up with a uh, foot injury that uh, stopped that from happening. What was his name? Charles Streddit. Say that last name? Streddit. I never heard that last name. Okay. The warrior, okay, that's my that's my grandmother's uh, last name, married name, and um, but I knew that if I was going to go to college, then I needed I needed to impress some coaches. So that was kind of my goal for my senior year. Um, so you was thinking I, that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much because so. Because you knew your mama could not afford Correct. to send you to college. Correct. And if they're going to give women scholarships, then I needed to earn a scholarship. So Title Nine, you you became familiar with mm-hmm. it. But but let me tell you how dumb I was. <laughs> Remember, I told you I had a boyfriend, right? Okay. So my boyfriend, you may need to cut this out of the thing. <laughs> That's a good part, yeah. <laughs> but you know, love is something else. I'm telling you, you mess with you bad, you make you stupid. <laughs> but um, you know, I've worked this hard to earn, and I remember uh, um, coaches, college coaches, wanting to talk to me after a game, and. Uh, 
when I get back to the car for him to take me home, you know, he's like, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta hurry or whatever. And I had to tell him, you know, uh, no, 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 this is about my, you know, my future, you know, so, you know, if you can't wait, then you go on and my mother come pick me up, right? Now that's how, that's the, yeah. the feeling and the way of thinking that I had um, getting ready for this, right? Oh, but now, now I get offered a scholarship. I have scholarship offers from different parts of the state and outside of the state, right? My husband wants to marry me. He's a military person. He's in Florida, right? So he tells me that this part you got the cut. He tells me that. Uh, <laughs> he tells me that. He tells me that. He tells me that the university, wherever it is, Fort Walton University, that um, that he would talk to the the coach and they would give me a trial. My thing was, you know, if I try out, I'm, I'll make the team, right? <laughs> right. So I decided to get married and trust the idea that he would talk to a coach, and, right? Left all my scholarships behind. You hear me? I, I'm so I'm serious as a heart attack. God is good. He takes care of the stupid ones. <laughs> so wait. So we get there. We're there a month, and they're trying to send him to um, Mexico or somewhere. And I'm like, Mexico. So he gets them. He had a friend that was Hispanic, that was coming to Louisiana, and 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 he was going to Mexico. So they switched orders. And so he came to Louisiana, and the friend went to Mexico. So I called my mother, who was very close to my high school coach, and I said, Mama, we have to do something because <laughs> there's no for me to go to school. My, she called my high school coach. My high school coach called LSU and asked me if they still had the scholarship available, and they said yes. You had so left all that? I had left all of cause, it. Because now you, you decided to get, go on and get married. Yes, love. You, you trust the process. Like my, like my father, Dick Saber, said, trust the process. It's like, the process is that we're going to move to Florida. I'm going to get you. In, and in I trust eye. You know when I asked that man? <laughs> what man? My husband. <laughs> when I asked that man about had he talked to a coach, it was kind of like I was just mentioning that for the first time. It's like we weren't even having the same conversation. It's like the coach, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. We were already in Florida. I thought you, I thought you had done Thank it. Thank you. And so, but it hadn't even hit me. It's, it's kind of like when I was cooking red beans for the first time <laughs> after I got married. <laughs> you know, it's like my mother told me how to cook them, right? But I'm looking at this little package of beans and it's going like, oh, that's not enough for two people. So I get two packs that size. <laughs> it wasn't part ain't enough, huh? Good. Look, it wasn't until I dished the first meal out of there that I realized, oh my God, I will have beans for years. We fed the dogs in the neighborhood, everybody had beans. You understand what I'm saying? That's kind of how, that's kind of how that question, me asking him about that and him saying what he said, that's kind of how it hit me. It's like, damn. Sometimes I wonder about me. I'm so serious. I wonder where my thinking goes. It's like, wow, did I miss part of a conversation? So, you know, it's that kind of thing, like the red beans. Story. It's like, <laughs> like okay, dude. It's like you know. But when he when he gave you your answer, that was not sufficient. No, because that meant that I had no scholarship. But as God would have it, right? I mean, think about it. Military. They actually exchange orders. I didn't know they even let anybody do that like that right now. You know. But God, God has so Lyman been uh, watching over me. You know. Uh, and so I came. My mother called. My high school coach, high school coach, you know, 
and you know, and and I can't say that I can't even say that I trust trusted my high school coach like that because I never I never got a chance to play in uh, you know I got to have the East West game that that yeah, the state yeah. game that yeah. All Star All Star game I I never did even though I was you know you were chosen mid, to play mid, but you mid, my coach my coach chose somebody else oh your coach chose somebody right else. she sent the other little white player that I guess wasn't getting scholarship offers, I don't know. But the same thing happened to my sister, by the way. And I promise you, we were all all state players, on chosen for the all state team. But didn't play uh, on the all star That's team. exactly right. Did not. And so, so, so I say that because this same coach that, I don't know, that, that, that's where this, you know, I'm, Call it racial, call it, you know, you got enough already, let me share this with somebody else. I don't know what it is, but but um, my mother went to that person and that person made the phone call and uh, and so I reported to LSU's campus. There's it, only a month that went by during this time. I was only had only been married a month. Uh, and it was during the summer month? Yes, correct. That they that they orchestrated so, all so this. So school had was already in, in no, no, progress. No, I I got to school. I got to LSU probably the week before uh, the semester started. And you got a scholarship for volleyball or basketball at that time. I got a, I got a scholarship, uh, full scholarship for basketball, uh, even though that was questioned uh, because I was poor enough to get. Uh, all these other things from the government, so it's kind of like we'll, we'll, we'll give you a partial. And my thing was, they didn't know, the coach did not know, LSU's coach did not know that I played volleyball. Now, now she had who, only who was LSU coach at that time? Uh, Jinx Coleman. Who was it? Jinx Coleman. Jinx Coleman. And you was the first... Black. I don't like using the word black. But I would say true. the woman of African descent to play, but, yeah. to, be, to, come, to come to LSU mm -hmm. to play basketball. Mm -hmm. And there, there was another young lady, Thelma McCoy, oh, yeah. that was uh, a recruiter at the same time. Okay, uh, the thing is, um, um, I I had a, a teammate from New Iberia, uh, white girl that played volleyball, and she said, "Joe, you know, why don't you come on and try out?" And that was exciting because I really felt that I was a better volleyball player than basketball player. And so I tried out, and uh, the coach was surprised because she didn't know that I played volleyball. So I was on both teams, and that's how that all started. So I definitely wasn't wasn't going to get less than a full scholarship. I don't care what the government was <laughs> was paying. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like no, I was working my butt off uh, to make this happen. And uh, so at that time, you was a two sports athlete mm -hmm. at LSU. Mm -hmm. Going to practice from three to six for volleyball and six to nine for basketball every day every day and I had classes every morning at 7 seven thirty whatever time they started because that's the only way I could fit my classes into my day and I, and I went to school every summer because I was in a five-year curriculum what curriculum were you in? it was a, it was a two it was a, I got two certifications at one time it was elementary and middle school and special ed so, so it was a it was a five year curriculum, and so I went to school every semester and every summer. <laughs> and you was married. And I was married. And classes every morning at seven. My sister, when she came to school, would laugh at me because 
you know, my sister always wore her things matching and ironed. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, first of all, always represented. That's right. First of all, if I washed my clothes, that was great. But it's like, you know, they were thrown in the closet, and so whatever I grabbed, whether it matched or not, wrinkle or not, that's when she said she would tell me that I would embarrass her. You know, they call that trifling. Where I come from, <laughs> she said I would embarrass her. But it was nice because she and I became uh, roommates. Uh, Graham Hall wasn't the uh, the dormitory for women athletes at that time, so. I moved to the other side of campus by the lakes uh, with my sister, which was really fun. They gave me a chance to do that. And she and I, she and I played, uh, Ellis has never said anything, about, but she and I played varsity volleyball together. That, that was pretty cool, a sister team. The both of y'all played together. Mm -hmm. I, re I remember that, but I forgot about it. Volleyball. Mm -hmm. And that was a great athlete, yeah, too. Yeah, she was. She was. Now she was about three, four years behind you? Mm -hmm. she, was, she, she, she was a freshman when I was a senior. And y'all had a chance to play together, mm -hmm. not just on the team. Did y'all play in the games together? No. Yes. And she played as a freshman. Yes, I have. I have newspaper articles with uh, both our names in it. Uh, talk about. She was very good at at, uh, at her serves. She was she was someone that that had ace serves. She would be she would be substituted into the game for her serving. Just to serve. For her serving, right? And and I was in the paper because of my spikes. And, and yeah, you can jump. You was able to get up there. So I, you, I didn't. I didn't realize. I, I wish there were videos of that now, you know what I mean? Because they didn't have all that. They didn't capture it <clears throat> that way then. They didn't? No, you're right, because back then, mm -hmm. you know. And they don't even, like today, they record kills and all that. They didn't record kills uh, back then. Because matter of fact, they didn't put too much emphasis on women's no. sports. So y'all no. was like, kind of like, no. oh, yo. So when you look at LSU's history about uh, volleyball, it starts after. You know, it's almost like my years didn't. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't exist. But but you was the bad girl on the team. I, I felt that I was. But you know, but you know, let me tell you what, but I, I felt like I was a bad girl, but the reasons were very personal. Like all of these things are okay, but notice in my house you don't see anything like that. Yeah. I decided to start framing some stuff so you see frames with stuff in it that's <laughs> one day they'll get on the wall. You know what I'm saying? But that's your history. But, but it's um I did what I did because that's what I wanted to do to get where I want. For me, it was always about education. For me, it was always about um, what I wanted to do. Uh, my first couple of years at LSU, I was trying to establish. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know a teacher of what. The automatic assumption was physical education. Not, I think not. Be, going to two practices was enough physical education for me. So, so, so that's what I, I kind of worked at. So for me, it was always about always about education. And so. When I was benched, for whatever reason, because we went through some different coaches after they fired Jinx Coleman, or she left, however that went down. And so I had coaches that uh, weren't invested in the LSU ideal, I call it. Because of course, LSU is hiring you to win. You know what I'm saying? And they're hiring you you know, to treat their players fairly because they're giving them scholarships to be there, right? Um, but we had coaches that had different, different feelings about that. And so even when I was benched, my focus was on, I need to do what my contract says that I need to do because I, I have to defend the idea that, that I'm not playing but I'm here every day on time the way I'm supposed to be. Okay. 
You know, I'm not being disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing what is asked of me. You're not allowing me to enter the game. That's your choice. You know what I'm saying? That has nothing to do with me. Uh, and so that was the mindset I had to do because my goal was bigger than playing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and your thought process would dip, be different too versus the boy, the young men, because everybody thinks they're going to make it to the NBA, the NFL. So, right. You know, that they, wasn't there at the time. In the, the women, there was no such thing as no, no women professional basketball, even volleyball. That that didn't get into the picture for me until again my about my junior year, and you know you know my second year of basketball at LSU, I asked them could I um uh we usually go to like a uh, an extended trip like California or something for about eleven days or whatever, and it's right around finals, and I asked them. Could I miss that basketball trip? Because volleyball ends and then you go straight into basketball. And, you know, I had done all this stuff in volleyball and I really need to make sure that I did well in my finals or they would put me off, off the team anyway, right? And uh, the coach told me that uh, either show up in uniform or show up and turn in my uniform. And so I showed up and turned in my uniform. You, you turned in, in yes. your, so my my sophomore year I did not play ball and and we actually went to uh, dealt we played Delta State in the final and came out second in the nation and uh, during the summer she felt that maybe they would have wanted if I was there and so she asked me would I rejoin the team so she came and asked you to right. rejoin the team so I rejoined the team right so she, she took the uniform but she couldn't take the scholarship yeah. At that time, correct. At that time, when you say four year, you got a four year. That, that's right. A four year. That's ride. right. You know, and I I played volleyball, and and um, so you know that meant that I had an extra year of basketball after volleyball ended. Okay, so by the time I got to my senior year in volleyball was when the uh, the WNBA or the at that time it was a women's professional league or something like that. It was some name. Uh, and uh, they contacted me, uh, they had drafted me, and uh, I thought it was a joke because I was coming off the bench. Yeah, because, yeah, because that, that's your year, they, they, you had a new coach that year, right? Right, well, I'd had, yeah. And you, you didn't even play much this no, year. No, I would go on road trips and not get in any games. You know what I'm saying? And I thought it was a joke when they called me because it's like, I said, evidently, you might have the wrong person because evidently you have been following our game. <laughs> and in essence, they said, yes, they had, and they understood. Um, but if I remember correctly, I did not go pro at that time because I had another year, and it wasn't so much another year of basketball, I had another year to finish my degree. Five years degree, mm -hmm. And I really needed five years. And I said, you know, if you want me next year, it's fine, but I need to finish my degree this year. You know, and so they waited for me. So that's... So, so you, you had it like that. Now, you told me, now, what, now what team drafted you? Dallas Diamonds. Dallas Diamonds. That's why Diamonds are forever? That's, what, that's, why, my, that's what my sister-in-law did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so Diamonds are forever. Okay. Now, did you... Uh, what happened when you when you got to Dallas? Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, I, I, you, you graduated that year that on that, time, uh, right? 
I did not go uh, to Dallas, right? Um, playing out there in the field house. I got a knee injury, my first one. I'd never had a knee injury. And um, I was really worried that uh, I wasn't ready for Dallas. There was a coach that had been working with LSU that was starting a team in LA. Uh, they were the California Breeze. And uh, he wanted me to follow him there along with Julie Gross, uh, the Australian for right? And so I decided to go with them because their season was going to start. I had to report a couple of months later than Dallas, and I felt that would give my knee time uh, to heal. Make a long story short, uh, it was kind of like the it was kind of like the NBA. What, what was the, the two men leagues? The, the that uh, ABA, ABA and NBA, ABA and the NBA. But you know what I mean? So 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 it was kind of like that, and. Um, the that league, um, the the money issue wasn't right, so it folded uh, by the first of January of that year. So I spent, you know, I spent Christmas by the pool, <laughs> no games to play, and then uh, that coach contacted uh, Dallas again, and Dallas Dallas thought that I had, uh, excuse me, reneged on their on their offer and gone to New Orleans. That's the, so, they, so they hadn't released me from that league. So I could go back to that league and go back to Dallas. And that's what happened? Mm -hmm. So how long did you stay at Dallas? Mm, a year. So you went to Dallas, stayed there for mm -hmm. eight, but now remember, you're still married, right? Correct. <laughs> so, Correct. So. I, didn't, I didn't do well at Dallas. By that time, um, I had realized a lot about professional ball that I didn't like. You were really somebody's property, and I didn't like that feeling. Um, like in LA, they put a they put a they actually put a basketball court down in the mall. And uh, wait, I have to show you, Sheila. Yes. Will you get my orange uniform out of the closet to see? My, <laughs> you know my orange uh, that uniform. Okay, this is what we had on. Okay, now granted, you know, I, I was a healthy woman. <laughs> but to go in a mall and play basketball with this on, it's like... Okay, now the shirt is fine, but look at the shorts. Let me see, you have to get this shirt. Let me see. <laughs> That's like a swimsuit. Huh? That's what I'm saying. And so, and, and so it's like, you know, I mean, I was healthy, and but it's like, how do you go into the mall and uh and and play basketball? Because you kept it. <laughs> And so, you know, and, and they didn't give you a choice whether you wanted to do it. And they only picked certain girls to go and do this. And um, I did not like that at all. So, so I, I, uh, you did it for a year? Right. And that, that was enough. That was enough for so, me. So really, they wouldn't sell it basketball? No, I don't think so at all. I think that they needed more money. <laughs> And uh, that, that's why, to me, when the, when the WNBA started and those girls had on these long uh, clothes, like, I knew that that wasn't going to work like that. They're getting shorter now because, you know, 
it's women's sports. Um, and they don't want women to look like men out there. And I promise you, we did not look like men. I was actually one of one of two of the shortest girls on the team. Our team were actually six footers. Mm -hmm. I was one of the two shortest girls. Now, when y'all when when you when y'all when I did a play basketball, it was like a regular basketball game, or the rules was all that was. Different? No, the only thing that changed was the ball was an inch an inch small in diameter. The ball changed uh, then. Okay, that was my first better. time playing with a smaller ball. Is that better? Uh, well, the things you have to get used to, you don't realize how your hand is set for a certain dimension, you know what I'm saying? And so you have to get used to the ball slipping through your hand because you didn't have it closed up enough to do it. But it made it um, easier, yeah. You know, it's like if you had the hand size, it was easier to, to dunk because you can actually hold on to the ball when you went, when you went up there. Well, you could dunk the ball. I can touch the rim. I hadn't dunk, but I tell you what, I did. I did slap somebody's ball upside the wall. <laughs> I did block it serious, like okay, <laughs> you know then. what I'm saying. So, so now, but being out there on that on that court, mm -hmm. in the little short shots, right? That that was something that didn't sit well in your spirit. But you got a husband no. too, now. But let me tell you, what, the thing is, you know, like some women are built different than other women. Okay, um, I was fortunate that um, my butt was tight, so it, <laughs> so it didn't hang at the, out the bottom. Some women, butt was looser, so it hung out the bottom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like I didn't feel comfortable. Um, you know what I mean? Now, and like I said, like volleyball at LSU, you know, we brought out the bloomers, but the bloomers had, had um, elastic, Right here, so it's still cupped under your butt, so your butt was not out, and it and there were big bloomers. You could put your shirt in and all that. These, and we and by the way, the shirts were tucked in. The, the shirt was tucked was in. Tucked in, you know yeah. that, and that's the way and we had to wear. It nice and tighter. It's now again, we're you're talking about young uh, women basketball players, so we all were healthy looking. You know what I'm saying, but. Uh, that, I mean, I couldn't even find a longer pair of shorts if I wanted to. <laughs> they, they just didn't exist. Did, did, uh, did people show up to the, to the yes. game? Yeah. Again, I was very fortunate to be on teams that people did show up. But the problem was when you had to go to play somebody else, okay? Like when I was playing for Dallas, we went to New Orleans, I think. And New Orleans had already told their owners that if they didn't get paid, they weren't coming up to the court. And so... New Orleans didn't come out. I think Chicago came out and wouldn't play uh, because they hadn't get paid. So you know, I was very fortunate. Dallas Diamond had the money. You know, their first their first uh, game, and and this was when the Mavericks were uh, were starting. We played in the same gym that the Mavericks were playing, the same place, and uh, they had uh, diamonds uh, like a fishbowl, and they put some glass. And one of the pieces that they put in there was a diamond. And when you came into the game, you took one of those out there and you had to bring it to your jeweler to find out if you had actually gotten a diamond that night. So every night did somebody get the diamond? Well, I, I'm assuming they did. You never but got that. I wasn't, well, we couldn't. We were the players. Oh, oh the, the people. That, that was the people, right. The people that came to, to watch the game. So when you came in, you pulled a, a, a glass out of the, the fishbowl. So they, they had to add all kind of other... Incentives to, for people, for people to come. come and again, you see, like, like for, for Los Angeles, uh, we, were, we, we, um, we played in a college, but still we were like the JV to the varsity. And the thing is, 
you know, people tend to not come until the varsities. And if they do come, they're coming because they're trying to get there early for the Maverick game. Well, y'all play know. the same day? Yes. Which is why what's happening now is totally different because we played the same day, same season, which means we were competing with the NBA, which was not going to work. And um, the business office wasn't the same. You know, we had a lot we needed to learn from the NBA's business office. What changed was, and when, it, when, when the league folded, the league folded about a, a year, if not the same year that I left. Uh, the league folded it, okay? And then I think it, it came back maybe less than 10 years later, I'm sure, because they called me back, New Orleans wanted to see if I wanted to, to come back and play. How, how, uh, how long? But it was less than 10 years. But, you know, but that, 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 that's the only difference in me going from 21 to 31. You know, but what they needed, they needed those veterans back in there to kind of give some leadership to the younger yeah, girls. Sure. Some of us went back. Some of us eventually became coaches of the WNBA. You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever heard of Nancy Lieberman. Nancy Lieberman was one of the best uh, basketball players. Uh, she has been placed in the Hall of Fame and different. Nancy played with me on on Dallas uh, uh, team. Uh, but um, uh, I decided not to go because by that time I worked on my masters and I was into teaching and I had settled down as a wife <laughs> and homemaker. <laughs> finally. <laughs> but, right, finally. 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 People people say, you know, you know what do you what do you what do you think is the longevity? What a long marriage. I, I think it's because for the first, I don't know, fifteen years of our marriage, we were really never together. <laughs> he was he was military doing oh, that and okay, I was yeah. athletics, but the thing is we never stopped each other from doing, yeah. I didn't, when I left to go to, because um, uh, I, I also left to go to LA uh, because I was trying out for the Olympic volleyball team. The Olympic volleyball right. team. Right, but, but the United States didn't go that year. So that, so I didn't, so I didn't go. But I went to LA then. And so those kind of things, um, he never, he never stopped me from going. You know what I mean? He never said, "Well, no, you know, you can't." It, it just wasn't that kind of conversation that we had. We allowed each other to continue to grow as individuals. So if I had to say, you know, what has kept us together this long, that's what I would have to uh, say. Because you know, so often when you get married that young, uh, you either get pregnant or the husband has a better job, so the wife got to follow. Yeah, yes, that kind of stuff. Right. And so all of a sudden. You know, you get married as your own person, and then quickly you become somebody's spouse. And that doesn't always fit well, you know? I, I compliment my daughter, because my daughter loves being a housewife. Now, she, she has her own thing she does. She has, she has got her husband to build a, a dance studio in their garage, okay? So she still teaches dance, but she loves uh, being uh, an at-home mom. She really, really well, does. You, well, she must that up from you, huh? I'd like to believe that, except I was, <laughs> you know, I, I was just a different kind of mom. You know, and my daughter would tell you that. It's like, uh, I was definitely not a girly mom. You know, I, I didn't wear pink. You know, I didn't dress my daughter in pink. Her, her baby room was not pink. <laughs> you know, her baby room was red and green and blue and yellow. You know what I'm saying? I just, because I felt like, uh, like, like 
putting her in pink or even my son in blue was stereotyping them. It was, it was, it was at a young age defining them. And, and I just, I just uh, never wanted to do that. Now, my, gr <laughs> my grandbaby, which is the cutest little thing you want to, she wears pink and, you know, she's just a little cutie pie. But the difference is, though, uh, my daughter lets her pick. You know, in other words, if she wants to wear one bow one color, another bow the other color, and they both crooked in her hair, then that's the way she goes. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, no, but it's interesting because <clears throat> getting to know you at, at co in college, you know, you was always, like I said, you were kind of quiet to yourself. See, you know, introvert, you, I told you. I was. Yes, I am. I told you. But, uh, you know, and you had some a level of uh, intellect about yourself. You think? Yeah. Oh, I know. I don't think. That's I very know. sweet of you. And uh, you're a thinking woman. You know, just like what you said, as you talk now, I can hear you always a thinking, a thinking woman and figuring things out. But you had a way that, I guess, like a lot of us, that you didn't want to conform to your sister either. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know what, it wasn't a deliberate not wanting to conform. It was believing in yourself and who you were mm -hmm. and challenging somebody that wanted you to change, especially if they didn't give you a just enough reason for that change. You know, when things got tough at LSU, I'd call my mom. You know what I mean? And I promise you things got tough. You know, whether it was in a classroom, uh, when a professor, you know, would say, well, you know, you have to decide whether you're going to be a student or an athlete. And I'd look at him and go, but my athleticism is paying for me being a student, you know. Yeah. Or when we had to um, uh, go to uh, uh, leave on a Thursday for a, a trip, a tournament or whatever, and Friday was my final for that test, and I had to take it on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Or, or Monday, even though they were getting more notes on Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? And they would look at me like, that's just the way it has to go. By the grace of God, I, I, I passed LSU. That's why I listened to um, Kadar talk about, uh, he made the honor roll when he got to. See, you see, you know what I'm saying? It's like, woo, my mom looked at my grandma. My mom would tell me, when that, because I was a freshman, whether I was married or not, as a freshman, they send your grades home. Yeah, days go my mother, my mother said, my mother said, you know what, Jeanette? I know you're married, yes, but I will whip your ass. You said, you, you let some more grades like that come to this house. So you're as a freshman, you didn't. I almost that. flunked out. Just the adjustment. It was, it was, it was a lot. I, you know, I'm a country girl. Hold on, hold on. but you told I, us I, you, you was a, you was a top student in your class, right? It, it, but it, okay, it, it okay. never started in elementary. But, let me, but then integration, <laughs> integration. <laughs> so what do integration have to do? With I don't know. It? But you're th this, this, what I, this, what I think. Okay, this, is what I think. Uh, I am ADHD. That's real. Okay, that is real. I, and yes, a little pill can solve the problem. But at this time, I knew nothing about the pill. I think my ADHD started showing up in middle school, and I didn't know it. Okay. Um, and I think it, could, it was because I was being challenged by so many things that were different than I was used to being challenged, be it sports, be it going to an integrated school, being leaving a, 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 a one-level uh, school, going to a, 
a, high, a, a middle school that had four floors to it, you know what I mean? And so I don't know if it was that kind of change, but I started feeling uh, the lacking in my intellectual ability then. So how I got through high school, I have no idea. Other than I had some classes with some coaches and they might have just passed me, I don't know. But, but it, was, so it, was, it was difficult. So you, you didn't perform on the same level once you got, once integration started? Correct, exactly. Your, your grade, your... Uh, I, I don't think, I, I can't, I, it wasn't until high school that I could even tell you that I started thinking about my grade again, so I don't know what happened. But I know that um, uh, it, was, it was difficult. You know what I'm saying? It, it was now. By the time I I finished LSU, I think I finished my masters with like a three two or something like that, uh, average. But I I had to work to get um, back to. I think I think I think the expectation and the nurturing was different. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody really expected anything from my black behind. <laughs> you know, so, it's so you, like you, you didn't really put forward. Well, because before I think. I think, how do you say it? It wasn't that I was a lazy person. Um, I just think I was a child that could have easily slipped through the crack. You know, I wasn't flunking, um, but I wasn't at my best either. Now, <clears throat> at the time of integration, where there's a lot of fighting going on, a mm -hmm. lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. So you were, were you caught up in that too? No, because see, I was an athlete. And so you, I was always a part of the school that was looked up to, you know what I mean? Because I had a uniform on once a week or whatever, you know what I'm saying? They were much longer then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that, so, so, you know, so that didn't really happen. But I did notice when I got to college, I'm telling you what I, what I really know. I think I noticed the ADAZ, but I didn't know what it was when I first got to college. Um, because um, I could never, I could never read and understand what I was reading. I could never read and remember what I was reading. I'd have to read things over and over and over again. I remember my teammates laughing at me, laughing at me, um, because uh, um, uh, we'd go on a road trip, right? We'd have our books because we needed to study, right? And they would be somewhere in the middle of a book, and I would be at the first page of my book again because I'd have to reread things. You know, and they'd say, you know, darn, darn, Joe, you know what I mean? You're still at the beginning of the book, you know, and they thought it was funny. But they did not realize that I was actually having a learning problem. Uh, when, I, when I would take tests at LSU in those big old auditoriums, uh, I would get there early so I can get settled because I felt like I never got settled, I'd be okay. And then they'd let people in late and, you know, every time somebody came in and raised up that arm and it squeaked, I would look at them or... You know, if they finish before me and they are, you know, I look at it and so they would think, the proctors would think that I was cheating because they'd always walk around to see what I was doing because I was always looking around. And there weren't too many of you yeah, in the class. Exactly, the time. exactly. So it was easier to believe that I was cheating, though they never caught me doing that. So that, you know, but um, so by the grace of God, I, uh, I passed. Um, when I worked on my master's, um, uh, I, I've gotten better at some things. I started figuring out some things like if I, if I played uh, music and Kenny G was my favorite and I'd play the same album over and over again to the point where when I was studying and, and one song would stop, I knew what the next song was, but it was that constant that made me concentrate harder 
and so I figured out how to how to study them and so my master's was was easier but my major professor refused to let me work on my PhD he said he wouldn't sign off on it so and why was that he never gave a reason other than he said he would not sign off on it. And if you can't get your major professor to sign off on it, then there's no reason to work on a PhD or you're going to change your whole field of study. But didn't you get into the PhD program? Yes, but I got in at Southern, which was a whole other thing. So you had to go to Southern. Correct. And that's when I found out that I was ADHD. <laughs> what do you mean? That's, <laughs> that's when you found out. <laughs> because I went to Southern and... Um, sitting in a class of, I'm not even gonna tell you who she was, it doesn't even matter, but I was actually uh, the assistant to two of my professors, my head professors. In other words, I would teach their class sometime, okay? Well, I'm sitting there, there's only six of us in, in this class, okay, a PhD class. And um, uh, let's say I'm sitting where you are and the professor's where I am and the class on the hallway lets out and they're all walking past the door and I turned all the way around and looked at everybody that left that classroom. And when I turned around and looked back at the professor, if her eyes were knives, I'd have been dead. Because as far as she was concerned, I had totally disrespected her. After that, she, she made me her fetch it girl. You know, in other words, it wasn't a matter of me teaching a class for it was go get my umbrella out of the car. I don't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. I had come too far doing what I did. And I went to Southern as a, as a national consultant already. You know, and so um, that was another part of my life. Now you're looking at me strange, what? No, I'm just thinking, just thinking right through it. But that's, but that's, but you had to go to Southern. Correct. And, and when I decided to stop, because I knew then that that was the biggest mistake that I could have, and, and again, we're talking about a major professor in my field, so it's kind of like I can't, I can't pass, I can't get a PhD without going through this lady. And I have made her think that I totally so, lost interest in what she was saying. So now, so was the professor at LSU right for not allowing you in the PhD program? No. Um, I think God always had a hand in this. Uh, my, I remember I told you I had two major professors. The other one really did not want me to, to leave the program. And she and I have remained friends all this time. In fact, she actually sent me her grandson to, uh, to tutor when I had a home school, okay, to, uh, for him to be in my school. And so, um, no, they weren't right. But i tell you what has happened, um, and I haven't gotten my PhD yet, by the way. Okay. Oh, you haven't received a PhD? No, I've not. I have several hours towards a PhD. When I became paralyzed, I was into my third semester at LSU. Now, now hold on now. What year you started the PhD program? Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there were several years. I mean, you got to give us a point of reference I, 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 I am a, uh, what, what do you call it, <laughs> a, a serial PhD starter. <laughs> been going on for quite some time. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I promise you, my daughter tells me that I don't need a PhD. My daughter tells me that what I want to do, I've always had um, the skill set to do it. Really and truly, the PhD was about getting my foot into another door. That's really what it was about. Because being black, trying to do what I was going to do, because what I want to do, uh, to some extent, goes against the system. Because I work with special needs children. 
especially the ones that are learning disabled or ADHD like me, that have the ability to get a high school diploma. I, in fact, I've taught children um, that were in special ed that have gotten uh, honors degrees out of high school, which is the other reason why I wanted to do my own thing with the PhD. But that means I'm going against an, an entire system. Because think about it, what I am, what I am suggesting goes against the professors. Yeah, they, they, they want the system to... To work just the way it's working. It's what, this what right. keeps the system so, going. So the problem I'm having with the PhD is it's to get the PhD, I have to succumb to their way of thinking just to get the degree, which means I will have worked all that time all that research, putting together something that I wouldn't even use because it's actually to fit their needs for them to allow me to do it. Because the truth of the matter is, what I want to do, if anything, I think that the, the system needs to be revamped from the top down, starting with uh, uh, antiquated professors. Now, you, you to me, you write curric curriculums yourself, I would say. Yes, that. I do. I would say you that's mm -hmm. what you do. Mm -hmm. Didn't you make Teacher of the Year in East Baton Rouge Parish? East Baton Rouge Parish. I've, I've got a, a Teacher of the Year for East Baton Rouge Parish's first black Teacher of the Year that they acknowledge. I didn't realize at that time that there was an organization that was awarding black teachers. You, you, you know, like you have the Miss America, then you have the Miss Black America. Okay. okay? Oh, well, that's kind of what was going on in EBR. Oh, I didn't realize okay. that. Okay. I realized okay. it when, when, when I went to the school board for them to acknowledge what I had just gotten, and at that same night, the black teacher of the year was getting money for what she had done. And my thought was, they weren't giving me any money. <laughs> You know, maybe I should go to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so was it a black teacher? Yes, because their organization gave a lump sum of money for to that teacher for being the black, black teacher of the year. And I think after that, because EBR had elected, selected a black teacher, I think they stopped. Kind of same thing with Miss Black America. You know, once they decide they start letting us be Miss America, there was no need for the the other. That was the whole point. But it, it was not it was not easy to become. Oh, I, I mean, promise you. And I really didn't think that would I, ever happen. No. And what year was that? Do you remember? Um, no. I have a I have a a, a, but, a, war, a war here somewhere with at least twenty five years late 90s oh yeah that's right this is 22 huh yeah. okay so yes yes it would yeah at least that yeah uh-huh and then and then um shortly after that the the program that i created in my classroom that was multi-age multi-grade uh students um the the school i taught for decided that they wanted to um, um, what's the word, present this to the school board as a program. So my, my model was EBR's first alternative program. But I left it because 
and and, and, and you know, again, maybe, you know, in other words, there, there's a lot of things in my life that ended that way. Maybe you can say, uh, some people would call it bougie. I'm not bougie, but I have strong uh, convictions, strong morals. There are certain things I won't do. Um, I, I have no problem working with at-risk kids, but my intent is not to experiment on them. Okay, my intent is to make a difference in their life. And I've been very fortunate, and very blessed to be able to do that. But when I become a part of something that is bigger, that other people are a part of, and they want it to go this direction, then no, I can't do that. So EBR blackballed me from their parish. They blackballed you. Right, they blackballed me because <laughs> they blackballed me because they wanted me to stay at that school and not be hired by any other school. And so that's what they did. Oh, no, I, think, I think you have that exemplified truly what the word black ball means. <laughs> and you know, it's like, it's like you know, I look at things that have happened in my life and it's like, wow. You know, you'd almost take it as a personal attack, um, but I really don't. In fact, the person that initiated this, believe it or not, um, called me about two months ago years back mm -hmm. and, and this person this person um, took my teacher of the year award off of the school wall tore it out of the frame because of her good friend that was in human resources they successfully blackballed me even though there was another school that already interviewed me and was ready to hire me and didn't understand why they couldn't okay this person actually went after my job here in West Baton Rouge and I got fired. Okay? And you got fired from West Baton Rouge. West Baton Rouge. No justifiable reason. And let me tell you, I got fired and still got paid for the the entire year. So make sure you didn't complain. Okay. Because, it, because the human resource person was the same human resource person that had followed the superintendent from East Baton Rouge Parish to West Baton Rouge Parish. And I think the superintendent was aware of the problem. That's the best I can tell you. But that, that person that initiated all of that ugliness um, called me about two months ago because she saw, she had seen this, this thing in the paper and she said, oh, I can't believe that was my Jonette or whatever, and she wants me to go out and have lunch with them, whatever, and I have no interest whatsoever in doing that. My daughter said I should. You can't forgive and forgive. It's not, not even a forgive. I, I forgave her a long time ago. I forgave her when I lost my job and called her and said, you know, I know what you did in East Baton Rouge Parish, and I pray to God you didn't do the same thing over here. You know what I'm saying? And she seemed so surprised about it. So I forgave her because my mother taught me not to hold grudges. But, you know, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. I don't like second times to happen to me. You know? So I get it. You know, you're, you're older. You don't want to die with this on your mind. I get it. I get it. But what you did was evil. It was ugly. It was selfish. Because... Because you didn't want me to take my talents somewhere else, but you wouldn't let me grow my talents in your space the way I want. You had no respect for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? They had respect for me. They wanted you to do it their way. 
Well, but I basically, because the, the, see, this way it kind of went down. They were going to introduce it to the school board. Oh, but, so that never happened after that. What? They never introduced it to the school. Oh board. no no no! It was they were no they were going to introduce it to the school board, but they hadn't told me they were going to introduce it to the school board until the day it was supposed to be introduced. Because evidently they had heard that um, the school board wouldn't um, agree to it because it was too one-sided. Okay, you can't get what does that risk kids look like in Baton Rouge? Well, you you're going to try to pull them all the way to uh, Goodwood Boulevard. You know what I'm saying? So that wasn't going to work. So they decided that they wanted me to be at the meeting, a meeting that I didn't even know was going to happen. But they had, they had been observing and modeling my class. Okay, My classroom had been approved by the school board two or three years before because it was multi-age, multi-grade, and had special needs kids in it. Because I was certified special ed, it still had to be 28 kids. It had to be just like everybody else's. But I also had... A third of them were identified as emotionally disturbed behavior disorder. And they're about as emotionally disturbed as I was. Okay? They truly were children are coming out of broken families, you know, and if, if in my family they scream and holler, when I come to school, I'm screaming and holler. That's about what it was. Okay? The majority of them are, about 21 out of 28 were black. 17 out of 21 black were males. Okay? School board already approved that. They decided they need me to come to this meeting for the school board to approve the bigger picture where my, that school that I'm at is going to actually, when children, when you, let's say you're at another school, you know, your family of kids always acting up. You got about 13 of them, okay? They went through about three of them, so it's like, oh, when Lyman kids come to this school, we know how they're going to act so the kid doesn't stand a chance, right? You know, in other words, because they've already been marked. So when something like that happens, we, we send a team of people in. The first social worker to work in East Baton Rouge Parish in a school was mine because of the program that I was running and the design that I had. So I'm telling you this because this is everything they're taking to the school board, but it's mine, okay? But that's not the way I saw things, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's not me. But so they decide that, oh, Joe, the school board meeting, da 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 can you come, right? What happened in the school board meeting is that a question is asked. What are you going to tell these black parents that are bringing their children all the way across this city? Um, how are you going to educate them? They said, oh, we brought our education consultant with us, Ms. Joe Butte. She can answer that question for you. Now, remember, I wasn't even supposed to be at the meeting. You see, but they had heard because they had people on the inside, just like they had people that blackballed me, you understand? And so they needed me there, and, and the, the school, the, the president of the school board said that they would approve the program as long as Mrs. Butte was there consulting for it. That's how it was approved. So I get there, you know, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but she places, I call them spy, you know, I could hire who I needed because they were giving me certain certain people. So they, she sent one of her, I'm gonna call him a spy. That doesn't bother me because what I do, I do. So you know, that doesn't bother me. But what did bother me was two of the two of the people that were a part of this were working on PhDs at LSU. PhDs are experiments, they're research. Okay, you can't write research unless you experiment. That 
what I was doing was not experimental. Okay, I'm not going to experiment in a child. When a child comes over there, we're not going to deliberately withdraw certain strategies that you know will work because you got to see them fall in their butt first. You know what I'm saying? So then when I then use the strategy, you can say, oh, it worked. No, you don't do that. These kids go back to situations that by tomorrow they could be dead. It's not a game. It's, exactly. And, and they were playing it as a typical game. And I had given up a lot to make it work um, to the point where, uh, you know how you have the different bus exchanges over there on Independence? I would drive my vehicle there with my two children. I'd get on the bus with these two, with these kids, <laughs> and ride with them from Independence to the school that I was working at, so that there would not be a problem on the bus, and the bus driver would put them off there, right? Okay. And I now, and my thought was, you know what? I love y'all dearly, but if y'all touch my children, we're in trouble. Okay. And then at the end of the day, my children would stay at the school I, I was at with a, 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 um, one of the, um, uh, what do you call the people, AIDS? the clean, the clean, no. uh, the janitor? janitor, would stay with the janitor, and I would ride the bus back to Independence Park and get my vehicle, and then come back to the school to pick up my children. That is what I was You've doing. You've done that on a regular basis? Yes, and, and when I decided to quit, the best that she could say was, well, you know, we can, we can give you money for it. This, this, <laughs> This is what, I don't know, and this may sound so ugly. I was very blessed that my husband made enough money for me to use more of my money towards my classroom, okay? It was not about the money. I had never asked you for money for anything else. I had been doing this for how long and never asked you for a penny, but you felt that the only problem there was money. No, my children, you know what I mean? I have children that are involved in this. Not to mention, you know, Y'all were having these secret meetings and stuff and changing stuff, and we were supposed to be bringing more students in, but you can't bring more students in if you're doing research because research have timelines, all right? So, 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 so the parish was getting upset with our program because they were calling us to have students removed out of their school, but but the, the, the researchers on the team wanted to go to the school and watch this and that and the other happen to because, document it. Because what, they, what they're really doing is they're they going to become the experts. Exactly. And get their PhD. Yeah, that's right. By learning from you. That's right. And you want me to tell you what? I knew that from the get-go. I didn't have a problem oh, with that. Oh, you did? Yes, okay. I didn't have a problem with that. Because you want me to tell you what? Look, as long as it was helping children, we were fine. I had a problem with how long they were taking. In other words, it's kind of like, okay, I get it that you have to have timelines for your PhD, but I'm sorry, guys, this is not an experiment, okay? You know, because, okay, you're, you're talking about schools that were complaining. They wanted those kids out of there, okay? So what, what's happening to that? That's a child. What's happening to that child's life over there? If he could be brought to this school and I make a difference, but he can't be brought because you need your documentation. Why couldn't you just accept the documentation that was already there? Because it wasn't done the way you needed for your research. That's exactly what. That, and that's what. I, in other words, th this program for EBR was they were really paying LSU grads to work on a PhD, and that's what it was. No, 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 
What school? What, what school did you oh, work we, in? We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> I just wanna know. Teach of the year. I just wanna make sure that I don't okay. have a problem saying it was Audubon Elementary. Audubon Elementary. Mm -hmm. All right, good. So. And I was a national consultant for Audubon Elementary. National consultant. Mm -hmm. which, I, which meant I went to New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi. And so, but after. You went to the meeting, the school board had approved it, mm -hmm. but you decided, well, ain't no way I can just let this go down like this. I can't no, experiment. I, I, um, I, I went to the meeting and we came, but see, because all, all that wasn't happening then. When I went to the meeting and, the, and they approved it, then the idea was, okay, then let's go back to the school and set the program up because I was in a classroom. So now we we're making it a school-wide thing. So I had no students now. Now we were bringing students in. Okay, you go. You a consultant now. Correct. But I, I then direct the classroom. I can then choose another teacher and the aides that would work with that teacher. Except, that's not how it happened. The aides became two um, aides that were in the front office to begin with hired by the principal, that became my aides. Did you say those are spies? Correct. <laughs> but, it, but it's okay because... because. But, but you got to be a bad girl, though, because you, you figured out something that was, that was helping the students, helping the school system, could save them a lot of money, but they would approve it only if they do it their way. That's right. Although, although what you was doing was working, they wanted to do it another way. Not do it another way. They wanted to make sure they, they got. They wanted my way. They, but they, they decided they, they decided they were putting my way into, um. For, for example, I, I, again, if I'm going to work on page D, then I, I needed to be able to break down what I do too, because we got to be able to say what is it, what is it you do, what is it you do that makes it work. So what they had done before that, I was doing because I wasn't looking to work on a PhD. I was doing. So what they were, what they decided to do was take what I did and break it down into researchable components that they could do different things with, experiment with, and then say that this worked. And what was upsetting them was because they needed me to do use this at this time with this student, which had nothing to do with my program. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and use this, and it's like, no, guys. Yeah, because you know what? There's a part of me that, when I first became an educator, and remember, everything I did with sports was about me becoming an educator. Okay, that's, that's kind of, it just happened that along the way, um, professional ball happened, you know what I'm saying? But it was really all about me being a teacher. And so when I started teaching, when I did my student teaching, um, I had a, how about if I just leave the race out of it and just say a person, okay? I had a person that was my supervisor, okay? Um, I did not realize that my supervisor put some notes in my teacher folder that were very negative. At that time, you would sign something that the, 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 they, would, they would encourage you to sign away your rights to see your folder because that meant that whatever was in there was, you know, 
you know, another, you know, legit, true, whatever, because you didn't have a chance to see it, so you trusted it, right? And so that's what I did. <laughs> Wrong move, never again. And so I'm interviewing with schools that are close, and nobody is interested in hiring me, right? They're looking at my folder, and all of a sudden you can see their face change, right? So after about third or fourth interview, I go to the head of education, Dean Mackey, the Dean of Education Department. I said, Dean Mackey, I don't know what's going on. I said, but I really think there's something in my file that I don't know about. And I told him what I just told you. So he said, do you mind if I look through it? And I said, oh, please do. He looked at it. He came back with this sheet. He said, have you ever seen this before? Because there's no signature on it from you. I said, no, I haven't. This supervisor said that my attitude or something was not conducive to the classroom environment. And I had never signed off. He said, did you ever see? I said, no, I haven't. He took it out of there. The next uh, uh, school I interviewed with hired me, but that was in Youngsville, Louisiana, right? Make a long story short, I guess maybe about 15 years into my teaching, uh, I am a national consultant. Who do you think shows up to one of my workshops but this teacher? And she's coming in as a participant. And I saw her and I said, hello. And she goes, oh, hi. Oh, she, she said, I didn't know you were still teaching. I, I looked at her to say, I'm sure you didn't, right? <laughs> and so she said, so what school are you teaching at? I said, I'm teaching at Audubon Elementary. That surprised her also, because Audubon was the top school in this state and probably was ranked nationally, okay? And she said, so, so, so Audubon, so what are you here for? I said, I'm one of the consultants for this workshop. You she, see? She didn't leave, did she? N no, but, but these are the type of things that have happened, and I, I keep wondering, why, why is it happening that way? I should feel defeated. Um, or I should feel like, you know, I've been jinxed or something. Because I promise you, from the beginning, it's been kind of faulty. Maybe it's just my ADHD thinking. Maybe I don't see it. Um, but I, I am intuitive enough to figure things out as they happen. And like I said, uh, Dean Mackey, there are key people God have put in, in front of me that have helped me. Think about it. A dean went into my folder and, and found this, and the, the dean of the education department you know, the, of university. And so, uh, and so these, are, these are the kind of things that have, have always plagued uh, me. Or I say that, but I feel like my best is yet to come. Now I'm 65, God uses people when they're old. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> with wisdom now. I hope, hope the days are. You know, and so um, I'm not finished yet. Um, I just, I don't know, I just got to stay on the journey. Well, hold on, let, let, let's locate it since we, see, you, you, done, you done shared a lot with me. Of course, I didn't know a whole, oh. most of that, of course. I had no, no clue. I knew a few things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so now we got to com complete the, another part of this story because you end up after, <laughs> I didn't realize, I, didn't, I just put a lot together myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so you end up coming to work for who? When I finally, well, that's another thing. 
Because when um, they kind of blackballed me and they gave me so much problems, so then I decided I homeschooled for a while because oh, wow. I homeschooled my kids from elementary to, to, to college, okay? Then I decided, um, I was hearing a lot about failing schools and EBR, so I decided to uh, list the failing schools and go to those schools and try to get a job, right? Uh, they all said that um, I... <laughs> I didn't. They, they put that back in your record. <laughs> well, 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 first of all, that show back up again. They huh? asked, they'd ask me how many years of experience I have, and I'd say twenty something, thirties, but, and they'd say, "Oh well, all we have here is that you've been a, a sub. I said I've been a sub in my life, so EBR had even changed my records. You got to be kidding. You never sued it. I, I, I should have, I suppose, uh, but they had changed that. They, they and so I, I go back, and I'm, I'm talking to. And here's the supervisor of uh, human resources, and uh, she said um, the, la the lady come, goes to her and talking. She comes back and she goes, "I, I don't. What's the problem?" I said, "Well, in your records you have me as a, a sub." I said, and and I said, I said, I said, she said, "Well, you know, I mean, our records, our records are correct." I said, "Well, I said, okay, then, when was the last time you heard of a sub being your teacher of the year?" Simple, <laughs> and, yeah. she, and she looked at me, and she said. You were teacher? I said, yes, your first black one. And she went back in her office, and I don't know what she did, and she came out with a whole different, uh, I think she knew uh, what had happened. So they changed her. But anyway, I saw that then. then so I decided then, okay, I'm going to go to the, the juvenile correctional. <laughs> okay, okay, wait. So, so, <laughs> I'm so serious, I'm so serious, I'm so serious. I go there to interview. I go there to interview, and there's about ten people in there for me to interview. Right now, this is this is the the beaten thing, the principal, and two of the teachers. When they were working on their administrative degrees, were sent to my classroom to observe. So my thoughts were, oh, okay, then this should be a shoe in, right? Because they know I can teach, right? Yeah, it was a shoe-in, but, but they gave me the hardest time because they thought that I was only coming to a correctional institution because I had done something so bad in the parish they wouldn't let me work. That, that's how they, they took it. And I guess to some extent the way my records looked, it, it, looked, it looked like it was. And so, and so here I was, uh, my, but my thought was if that's why I'm coming, why are y'all here? You know what I mean? That, that's my, it's, like, it's like, you know, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black or something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that was an interesting experience in itself because they felt that, you know, I had done something. When the truth of the matter, I really had, and I chose to go and to. You, and you couldn't get a job there either? No, I did. They hired, they, hired, they, they hired me, and then um, they hired me, and the, the <laughs> warden... <laughs> The warden. Now you deliver the wards. Now. What? Look, like I, I, I talked. I, I talked talk the warden into letting me bring some fake money on it because they, they don't, they don't like that. That's contraband, right? Mm -hmm. I talked the warden to let me bring some fake money on the site so I could work with the students. And like, the warden. So the warden decides he likes what I'm doing in there. They, he decides. They gave me, by the way, the, the hardest group to deal with. The fast track. The ones that the, the court was putting in there, hoping that when they see him again, they, they'd have a new. Right, nobody wanted to teach them, so they gave them to me. Okay, the warden likes what I'm doing so much that he decides to bring visitors from 
the government sent the, from the what the 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 the, the correction the, no, the, the, the no, well, no, for, for, right the, from uh, the the the, gov the, gov the governor's assistant the, 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 the uh okay. the, by the governor's assistant and a couple other people he brought him there to see because i guess it was a pat on his back too look at what i'm doing right so he brought and i promise you when they came in and i didn't know they were coming by the way when they came in there you had never known that that was the, the, I'm sure that's what the judge wanted to see, right? Well, that was wonderful, but I didn't realize they didn't go to no other classroom on the, the site, right? About a week later, they, they told me I was moving from that group because I always get there late. <laughs> that they were going to put me with this other group, which was really the the personal friend of the principal, and I was going to teach there in, uh, in general population. Now, you know, like I know what that was about. You know, it's kind of like, uh-uh, you're not going to shine over there by yourself. You're going to come over here and, you know, you're going to do that over here. But the truth is, that teacher, who was like an assistant principal, she wasn't open to anything different happening. You know what I'm saying? So there was no way that I could have even started what I had at Fast Track, you know. Cause the problem over there was that Fast Track, the dormitory and the beds were in the same place that they were teaching. Well, not those boys would leave the teacher and go get in bed. <laughs> I told them, I told them, I wish they would. It was juvenile, <laughs> right? I told, them, I wish y'all would go get in the bed. So we rearranged the beds in that dormitory so we'd have room to, to. Uh, and you know what the hurting thing was when I left. I, when I quit, because it was obvious that they were dogging me. The thing about a, 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 a campus like that is that uh, uh, sometimes um, adults can set you up and you can get hurt by juveniles. And I was kind of watching that about to happen and I couldn't put myself in that situation. Well, you saw that being happen. Mm -hmm. Right, and I could. And one of the boys in Fast Track, uh, when I got there, he said, when I, that the morning before I quit, I, uh, he said, uh, uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Joe, uh, I heard something, and, and I said, no, 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 that can't be the truth. Uh, I heard that, that you were quitting, and I said, oh, no, that can't be the truth because she loves what she does. She's not going to leave us, and it hurt my heart because I don't know how he had heard it, but it was the truth, and... Um, That was one of the toughest kids that I had to, to bring into wanting something for himself. Now, I'm telling you, I was probably one of the toughest teachers they had now because I told him I don't have, I don't have a problem reporting to the judge, okay? And I'm not going to lie to the judge. You don't want to handle your business, then, you know, maybe fast track is not for you, but you're not going to ruin it for somebody else, you know what I mean? And so, and, and you know, my, my students were working. You know, when they came in that day, they were doing algebra, you know what I mean? Um, the warden, and again, he's the one that, that scheduled them to come in. Now, granted, let me tell you, I had been to his office a few times to get to get some uh, leniency with uh, with some things that he looked at as contraband, and uh, it, it worked. It really worked. It worked. It worked. Who was the warden at that time? 
Oh, I forgot. Because he did something else later that oh, he no. got fired because of it. So. But he did have the, the, children, the interest of the children at heart mm -hmm. if he'd done what he allowed you to do. You know what I realized? I would, I would go back to working with uh, juveniles in a correction center because unlike the high school student, they still feel that, you know, they're invincible. Once you get to that correctional center, you realize that there's a stopping point. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got to you know, sink or swim right now. You know what I'm saying? When they're in high school doing a lot of craziness, they don't get it. You know what I mean? But once they've reached a correctional center, you're locked up. You know, you're going to sink or swim. So when someone comes in there to help you swim, you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they present themselves as someone that's trustworthy, that, that institution's first high school graduate was my student. Mm -hmm. And he graduated twice. He graduated with a GED and a high school diploma because I made sure all of it was covered. That was their first graduate. And yet I, I quit because, because they were trying to jam me. Probably they would have so gotten you hurt. Yes. Yes. But how'd you figure that out? Well, because they started putting me in certain, other, they put me in the math thing. This, this lady, you can tell by the way, nothing was happening any different. When, it, when I wasn't doing what they wanted me to do there, then they started putting me in, you know, you know how you have a, I call it the prison within the prison, where the ones that don't want to act right, they send them to this other places. They're, they're, so then they started putting me in that environment. Well, the door, the door behind you lock when you get in. Somebody asked her, and my, no, 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 you're not putting me in. Uh, they put you on lockdown. Right, right, you're not putting me, yes. You know, you're sending me in there with one other teacher. Sometimes she shows up, sometimes she doesn't. And I have, you know, two or three uh, guys that are, are in this locked up facility because they're not handling their business in general population, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, there's no way, no how. You're going to do that. One of the teachers uh, accused me of, uh, I don't know, something. Something she accused me of. But they have, uh, they have outside investigators on the site that have um, cameras or whatever. And so uh, they looked at it and they came and told me, Ms. Butte, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, so, so it's stuff like that. And, uh, you, know, you know, so it's kind of like there's times that I think, well, Maybe I should have fought it, but in fighting it, my goal would have been winning the fight and not educating the children. I would have lost focus. My entire teaching career, even when I started teaching, I started teaching. My first job was emotionally disturbed behavior started middle school. The whole school was just that. That was in Young Lafayette, okay? When I did finally get a job back in East Baton Rouge Parish, it was first graders, okay? I had a principal that would come to my classroom and he'd say, Ms. Butte, your lesson plan said that you should be doing this and your children aren't. Now, my children might have been all over the floor in little groups working independently the way sixth graders are not supposed to be able to do, right? And I'd say, oh yeah, but, but look what they're doing. Because I, I still can't write what I do on a lesson plan. A, a, a sheet of paper confines me. Okay? So he would say, they need to get back to what they're doing. And again, Lyman, I don't live for people. 
so he could walk out the door and they would continue to do just what they were doing. Now, about two, three months ago, I had to go to the hospital for the wound I have over here at Promise Hospital. And guess who one of my nurses was? A little girl out of my first grade class. That's powerful for this. And she told me, she thought that I had retained her, but I wasn't. The teacher before me had retained her. And she said, Ms. Butte, she said, you know, there's very few of my teachers that I remember, but I remember you. You know, and it was it was just such a blessing to hear. And I don't know, I'm thinking, but anyway, there was because I'm paralyzed, different things show up differently. Like UTIs don't show up on me like it shows up on other women. All right, and so I was trying to tell my doctor that. That's what I thought. And she said, no, no. She said, well, what make you do that? I said, I guess I have headache and congestion. And she said, that's, that's not symptoms. I said, for me it is, right? Well, I tell the same thing to my former student. And she took a urine sample. And uh, when the doctor came the next day, she said, I see that a urine sample was taken anyway, but I did not want that done. I said, well, it was. She came back later on that day and said, I'm so sorry because I did have a UTI. And she said, I have to make sure that I add those conditions to my list of characteristics. But it was this young lady, my former student, that trusted me enough to, uh, to do what I had asked um, uh, to do. And so that's what happened at the schools that I was at. So every year I'd be at a school, I'd, I'd stay at a school maybe one year, Lyman, and then I'd leave, I'd leave. And so here I am at this school now, right? And so I decide that this Audubon, the school that where the teachers are powerful and they're the ones that are doing all the workshops that I'm going to, right? Just like what I did with with sports. I decided, okay, then I need to get at that school, right? So I need to go to their meetings and I need to present myself like I can do what you do, right? And so that's what I did, all right? So, so you strategized. So there was a job opening and um, they offered me to come in for an interview, and I went to my principal and I said, just that, you know what you tell me? He said, you know, Ms. Butte, that'll probably be a great fit for you. Now, again, this is one of the principals that had told me that my kids shouldn't be doing what they were doing because that wasn't on my lesson plan. So you got to get rid of you, right. That's what I figured, that's what I figured. Yeah. He said, that'd be a great fit. He said, it's a great fit. Right, right. right. No, probably, I'm, tired. I'm tired of telling you not to do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so that's that's kind of where it started. You see, uh, so you went in a whole other direction. Well, you know, because I, I got because since we just having this discussion, and uh, about your uh, your journey through the mm -hmm. East Baton Rouge, <laughs> you know, the Louisiana school system, because <laughs> you'd have been to. A and then I was a distinguished. I was a distinguished educator, by the way. A distinguished educator, uh, which means that that you are hired by different parts of the state to come and work with their school system, with mm -hmm. their principals. Uh, with their teachers, uh, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. but, but then in the... Then I was blackballed. Yeah, you was blackballed, you left the school system, you went to correction center, <laughs> you left there. <laughs> and, and now... I Wait, was, then I went to Donaldsonville. You went to Donaldsonville? Yes. They let you over there? They yes. didn't know what they was getting into. <laughs> Don, Donaldsonville hired me there, and, and you know what, and the thing was, I was able to... <laughs> I was able to, by the time I got there, to fine tune what it is that that I think I do, and um, I had a group of eight students that, um, you know, when you're in high school, 
you have to get through that that first algebra or you know they're not gonna let you go to the next algebra uh, and anyway to make a long story short uh, my first two or three uh, students graduated with honors from uh, Donaldsonville and they were all special needs students specialties students. Mm -hmm. uh, two of them I'm sure were autistic and how long you stayed in Donaldsonville uh, uh, two years <laughs> <laughs> I don't stay too long. Okay. So then, then a year or so later, you was homeschooling your students, your, your children. Uh -huh. And I see you at a store. What store was there? I see you at? I don't remember. I don't remember. You don't remember? Well, I run into you at one of the local stores uh -huh. in Bedroom. Uh -huh. We have a less conversation. Uh -huh. And you asked me what I was doing. I told you what no, I was doing. That wasn't doing. a store. That was um, a steakhouse. That was, was a steakhouse? That was Chris, Ruth Chris's. I don't know. Yeah, that that's what, right. Right, that's what it that's was. That's what that was at. Because that was my anniversary. Oh, that's right. You, my, you was, right. You was, right. You was with, with Ernest. Yes. You was mm -hmm. with Ernest. That's right. So y'all was sitting there eating. And yes, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's you right. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a store. So, I, so, so he can't, no, when he's, when, he came to holler at me because mm -hmm. when he saw me, mm -hmm. then he told me you was over there, so I got mm -hmm. up to come talk to you. Mm -hmm. And then we made small talk, mm -hmm. exchanged numbers. And, uh, and what happened out there? You better not do that. What happened? No, because then you started telling me about the program you were working with. Right, right. And I'm always interested in working with, uh, with, with children. And and doing that, and well, I gotta say this too. I've always been impressed with uh, you. You always, you tell me that I'm a thinker, but I, I've always been impressed with the type of things you can create and uh, and oh, do. Yes, that you can you can like even even this podcast. You know, uh, when I was li listening to Kadar talk, it's like what you're gathering that information is so powerful. You know, and, and I look at all the people that you that you've done this with, and it's like, thank you, Jeff. You know, I I think it's so powerful. But then the the when I worked with you before, um, that was an awesome uh, setup for children. That that you know, I I promise you, I wish to this day that you would actually um, do it again. Uh, you 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 have the vision. You know what I mean? And I don't know how, like, like today, I thought you'd come with somebody else that was going to set different things up for you or whatever, but you kind of, you're like a one-man show. You kind of do it, do it yourself, you know what I'm saying? Now, I'm sure you got somebody to help you edit it or whatever, that kind of thing, but, but, but the idea, not everybody comes up with those kinds of, of ideas. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, and you, see, for me, it was just uh, talking about me, but you have a vision. You see where you want it to go. You see, you see what space you want this information to fit into and and see and I don't really see that I just see me you know what I'm saying uh, but I appreciate uh, I value listening to the the podcast that you've sent me with uh, Dale Brown um, with the uh, oh, I forget her name the the, the lady um, uh, it was uh, what was the Mm. Freya Rivers. Uh, I, I forget. I forget her name. But 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 the their feelings are powerful. What they're talking about at that time. It's almost like a trip uh, down history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, events, and you can almost wish that you you can put it in a movie or something, and uh, and put those stories in there somehow because they kind of they kind of 
connect, but it's, it's different people's perspective of it. It's kind of we're, like we're all living during the same time, but we're all having all these different experiences. And and your podcast is kind of bringing uh, bringing that out. It's it's almost to me like the American dream, you know, um, because we're all living, we're all trying to make it work, uh, and this is what it looks like. Well, I just feel that, and as you know. <clears throat> as we continue to live and journey through this this country and this mm -hmm. space and this place, a lot of our stuff get left out. Mm -hmm. Just like what you're saying, what happened in the school system. That's right. So I utilize this time to fill that void in that space that we was denied. That's right. From having it. Or if you do give it, they are, they give it back the way they want to. That's right. Whoever is in control of it. And so I think there's a big void there of, of, uh, of history and information in our community that I think is one of the most powerful communities in this and, and And we, we have to tell that missing part. Someone else can't, can't tell it for us. You know? And I'd like to feel that just like what I listened to Kadar explain, I'd like to feel that the things I've shared with you today because I do, believe it or not, I do find them funny. It's like it has happened so many times so you can't help but laugh at it. It's like, but the message that, that resonates to me is that, um, you know, you're not going to stop me. You're not going to get me down because, because what propels me is within. You know what I mean? And you, you can't take that. Uh, I used to I used to tell uh, even my students that I, I walk into a school with my my purse my big bag and when it's time for me to walk out I put all my stuff back in my big bag <laughs> I think and, that's right and I and I walk out you know and so because I felt that way I was able to not lose sight of of what God wanted me to do with children I because I didn't become what a principal wanted me to do or you know what I mean I I I and and the sad part is the research that I did in the PhD classes that I that I stayed in it's in the research that you're, you're killing the best teachers that they're leaving because the narrow-minded is trying to guide them you know, it's in the research and yet the system remains the same you know what I'm saying and so how do you work for a system that you know is broken to me, the best thing you could do is create something outside of it and let them come to you or bring your thing into them. But to be a part of it as is, I can't. But that's what I want to say too, how when you and I came together and you was, I, I had no clue the, the abilities and talents that you had. You always say that. Uh, I had no clue. <clears throat> Uh, and you, when you came into the program that we, when, uh, we, when we hired you to come there, mm -hmm. what was it? YP or DEC? Yeah. Which yeah. one was it? No. Yeah. 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 YP, YP, Youth Enhancement Program. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you, came, so you came over there, and we had a pretty uh, nice yeah. facility over there. And, we, and we, you we, wondered why I went to teach academics during the but, summer. No, but no, 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 let me tell you, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got to tell my part here. So we brought her in. And within the first few weeks, <laughs> she said, I, I see this program at Princeton University. No, uh -huh. no. It was Harvard, somewhere. It Harvard was University. 
and uh, this would be great. I can be, go get some training, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I didn't know I had to pay for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she thought she had this, 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 uh-huh. this great idea to go to, to what, this expensive program. But it was a good program. That I had and to it's pay still for. going, right. But it was a business. It was, right. it was a business. It was an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur right. program. And uh, so it, I reluctantly agreed. And we sent you, that was like a 10, a 10 day program. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It wouldn't. Cause you was gone for a while. Yeah, a while. Yeah. So it happened right before school got started. Mm-hmm. So it was right, it was right before school, and right when when you got back, when school had, school had already started. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember how it, how that exactly went, but we paid but it was, for you it was to a go good program. to Harvard University to it was it was it was program. nifty. I think N I F T E. Yeah, so it did, mm-hmm. I I saw that fake paper somewhere. <laughs> I wish I'd have kept that. I could brought that. But when you came back, it really it was it was a whole nother level of thinking and training our youth. Cause why? Because the students that we had at at our program was the almost the next step step before going to correction. That's right. It's the ones that the the school had thrown out basically. Exactly. That decided that they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Them. Right. And. They had, the student had nowhere else to go, so mm-hmm. they always at home. They was uh, put out. Right. So, normally around October the first, and I think it still exists to this day. The students or uh, who they who they they don't uh, the system think would not serve them mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. or put out. Mm-hmm. And because after October the first, right, they, they right qualify. They, right after they count. Right, they qualified uh-huh. and to collect the money on a regular basis. When they, right? they go, so they get they go. And get, that's, that, that's so they, sad, but it's the yeah, truth. They get paid regardless if, if the student is there or not that's after right. October the first. So we end up with the students at, at a place we call DAC and YEP. Mm-hmm. And, and the, but the students at that time, we had we had what we call, we ain't going to say the worst of the worst, because they were wonderful. They were, the children they were children. They were wonderful. They, no right. guidance, no direction. They were children. But they looked they forward. They wanted something. But they looked forward That's to right. coming. They wouldn't go to school, but they would show up at That's the right. program right. every That's right. day. That's right. If they get left behind, they will call. That's right. Can you come get me? Now right. these the ones they wanted. They wanted something. Yeah. You because know I mean? they, they wanted it. because we offered a, a, a yeah. safe haven, mm-hmm. a place of refuge, and, and we cared for them. That's right. And we cared for their well-being. Never was there any fighting. No. no Is that something? No chaos. That's right. Now they was no. the ones that the system. That's had, right. That's exactly right. Had just dismissed these children, right. young children from the age of a 12, right. 13, 14, 15. That's right. We had a different age group. We had the boys and the girls. So you came in and you sang a hand leg. Now, I had a young lady named Elania. <laughs> yes. Elania had her gifts and uh-huh. her talents. Mm-hmm. Really, Elania was very, very good, very skillful in a lot of ways. And you brought a whole nother, because you was, a, you was mm-hmm. an educator. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was very creative. Yes. She had the creative. Yeah, but you had a creative side too, so I can't take that away. No, but no, but she was she but was she, an artist. Yeah, she had she, yeah. had, she right. had a lot of creativity mm-hmm. about her. That she was able to tap into the students another way. Mm-hmm. Now your focus was education. Right. So that together, man. That's right. We was able to create something at D A C Y E P that caliper plus we had computer lab in it. So we said to, to right. ca- we computer? had one of the best computer the, uh, computer, the, uh, uh, the screen uh, the, uh, the, 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 the technician, technician right technician. right 
mean, he was. That's right. He was on. A, he he taught him how to take a computer, break right. it down, and That's put right. it back together. That's right. So we had a then we whole. Had the t-shirt. We, make, we was making t- printing mm-hmm. t-shirts, and that was part of your idea. Or that was, but the thing was, it gave them it gave them something to do. It was, it, was, it was no, not just that. With the reason we sent to the Harvard too for entrepreneurs, because a lot of these children we knew would not probably be graduating from mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. Might not even make it out of high school. Mm-hmm. Because they was already put out That's of right. school. That's right. So we was creating, giving them skill levels, tra- right. t- teaching them a trade, like make, making T-shirts, right. uh, what's called it, silk screening, mm-hmm. graphic designing, computer computer technician, uh, culinary arts. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of that going mm-hmm. on over there. We had mm-hmm. a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So we had created a lot of opportunities for these young men and women to learn these skills and trades. Right. And that's what helped when you went to that class at mm-hmm. Harvard. Mm-hmm. That was entrepreneurship. So that's that's, right. that's what that. And it gave, it gave us a chance to look at them uh, totally different. You know, we had, we had a focus. We had a we had somewhere we were trying to to Take move them, them into. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. They're, they're, and and I think that they felt that. You know what I mean? That there was something different happening there. And uh, you know, I I have a, my heart goes out to children that we've given up to or given up on because they don't fit uh, a mold that we decided is the way things are supposed to, to look. And it's just, it's just an unfairness uh, to that, you know? And uh, I hope, I pray, before I leave this earth, that I make a, a, a further difference uh, uh, to that, you know? Because, you know, my way, my, 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 uh, my, my business name was Get Sassy. And, yeah, and sassy with students actively seeking a successful education. And when I say actively, that's what I mean. You know, it's like, you know, they're the kind of students that when they know you're trying to, you know, BS them, they're going to let you know. You know, they're not a quiet child that's going to sit back and uh, just take it. And I, I, I can't hate on them. If anything, I, I, I try to teach them um, uh, how to speak out for yourself, how to be your own advocate in a way that people will listen. That makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I've always seen it this way here too. The ones that don't conform to the system are your true leaders, warriors. Yes. <laughs> right. they, they see they, what we're not seeing. Right. They, they, don't, they don't mind that's challenging. Right. And that's the, the system got a problem with them. They know who they mm-hmm. are. And uh, they would never be the gatekeepers. They would never be the ones to that's just right. kind of go along, get along, get along to go along, go along that's to get a, along. Have to say that. That's that's not the way because yeah. because they because they don't they don't see that they don't see that they have to give up that kind of ground. To uh, again, I, I tell, I'm telling you, it, it it feels like me. It's like it's not that I I want to challenge everything. It's like if you, if you can convince me that uh, what I'm doing is wrong or not working, I am willing to listen. But the idea that I shouldn't do it just because you say so, no. No, but, but I, I'm going to challenge you now because I'm going to tell my audience this here that I had to fire her too. Because <laughs> 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 she don't listen. She's going to do it her way. You might have fired me more than one time. No, I, I, no, I fired you three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might you might have fired me a few times because I didn't want to. Fire, I didn't want to fire you. I I'd already invested a lot in you, but the, you you were so great with the student. But you have a strong constitution, mm-hmm. 
about what I you do. think, what you believe. I, I do, <laughs> and that that may be my downfall. But well, I sometimes really you got to balance that off. I, that that it's it, and I just haven't. I've yeah. not yeah. learned how to balance that. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, tell you why I haven't because I keep seeing. Let's say a state like Louisiana. I keep seeing um, all this money come in to help children that are at risk, and yet nobody's getting it. That's right. Uh, yet, yet our state still stays behind. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's like I feel that I have something yeah, that no, that if it's in, invested, it's worth it. But it, but it's also different. So if I don't battle for that difference, then who will? But we was doing it together. I know, I know. <laughs> so why would you balance me? But we had, we had different, because you're like, you, you were, I remember what you were telling me, you, you shouldn't teach academics during the summer. And I'm going, if a child needs academics, it doesn't matter. It could be Christmas. <laughs> why are we worried about the time of the year? <laughs> you know, and it's, so it's like. I, I guess at the time, too, now, what, you got to remember what our plans were, or what my plans were. Mm -hmm. I wanted to expose them outside mm -hmm. of Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yes. So we was. I wanted to take them on trips to mm -hmm. Biloxi, to Florida, because mm -hmm. they need to see the world right. beyond where they lived at. <clears throat> and academics, you know, we know it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so it was just. It was just. I, I felt like you wanted to entertain them. Oh no, part of entertaining too, because you, you got to grab, you got to hold them too. Uh -huh. You know, you got to hold them. And you know where they are, but it wasn't about you know we we didn't have no big old budget. Uh -huh. what, we, what we was going, what we was working, uh -huh. Uh -huh. we were working to keep to keep this thing. I mean, that's what we knew is that the system wasn't doing it. No, but we was doing something yes. though beyond because we had yes. the ones that nobody else wanted that's to right. be bothered with. That's right. And look what we was doing with them. Look that's what right. you look how you had them children right. under your control. And they and they they. They signed in, and we never had less than thirty-something children that was that was coming in there that was signing in um, to to be a part of whatever. And it and it was it wasn't a program where you just kind of came in and did whatever you wanted. Oh, no. It wasn't that oh, kind of thing. No, no, right. No, so so they, right. So they were coming into structure I mean, from from the time they hit the door. That's right. I mean, even the bus driver, Miss Sandra Calls, who did calls it. She did a great job, and she she was connecting with them. When they got there, we had, you know, like Helena, even after mm -hmm. she quit, you know, she was she was a major loss. But we had Manzi, uh, Williams, uh, what his name is, uh, I forgot everybody's name, not sure. So, we had so many people working but, at Miss Lula. But, but it was a very okay. structured environment. Oh, very structured. You know we, just, we had my sister Sylvia, who was, you know, do the, I mean, we had them. We was we fed them, but, but they knew it was about them. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't as, a, as us trying to impose ourselves on them. It wasn't that kind of uh, thing. And we let, and, yeah, we let them kind of. That's right. Say, it was about them. And we, and we gave them a break where they couldn't go watch TV, right. play ping pong. They had options. Yeah, we gave, they, yeah. they really did. And I, and I think, I think, I think that's a big part that we miss out with kids. We don't give kids options. We don't that's empower true. them. You know, to make decisions, and then we wonder why when they leave us, when they're not in our sight, they make such horrible decisions. We don't, we don't. My daughter is one. My daughter, my my grandbaby, I told you, is four years old. Okay. Sometimes my grandbaby will come in, and she has lipstick on, and she has rouge, and I'm saying, Jasmine, why does my grandbaby <laughs> look like that? Jasmine said, 
okay, would you rather her to sneak and put it on by herself? So at least if she puts it on in front of me, I can teach her how to do it. <laughs> That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? And, right. That's a great point. But you know what? That goes back to what um, Kadar says. You know, sometimes you got to listen to your children, you know, with an open mind, though. You know, you can't just listen to them with the idea that they need to do it my way. I didn't do that way. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to listen to the young people and hear what they have to say. It, it might work. At, at YP, did we really listen to them, or, or we had a, we had them thinking we were listening to them? Well, but that's but you know what? Let me tell you, I think there comes a point in time when there's a little coerciveness that has okay, to happen. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying? So it's like we're empowering you, but because you're not really ready for decision making, because we've been watching your decision making, so we kind of we kind of coercing you a little bit. So we kind of you know moving you in the direction that we're going, but we still give you some choices in it. That's what we did. We get we gave him choices because let me, yeah, tell you what, yeah. let me tell you what a street kid a street kid is smart enough to know when uh, you're just BSing. Okay. That's the bottom line. Okay. okay, you can't you can't run game that that way. On now, that. now you got you got to tell the audience what happened when we we decided to bring them out on a on a day out on a not a camping trip but a picnic. A, Remember that day without a pic we drove all the way out there to uh, I don't know a central to central Louisiana off of a Greenwest Spring Road, and we went out there and barbecued and let them swim. And see, I remember, but I don't remember. You know, you remember, Joe? Remember? I remember, but I don't. We, remember. we let we let them. We, they were swimming. They was canoeing. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but see, that that no, we, that, we, no, we, you know, we, that, we, that was long. You enjoyed doing those kind of things, and, and I, I valued. That's what I call your dream, your your vision, what you, what you saw them doing. You saw. The big picture. You saw the exposure. You wanted them. You know, like I could do the education thing, but you saw the bigger picture, uh, and I always respected that. I really, I really didn't think that we were a good team, to be honest with you. Oh, I thought it was an excellent team. You know, you know what? Like how they say, how the people, how they say, like an old cow give a good bucket of milk and kick it over. Because <laughs> I, I fired you three times and brought you back. Poor Ernest come haul all the stuff, all the stuff away. I just have to break it back, thing. put it back up. We'll pour it as out. He did. He but, did. but you know, I was already on my last leg, which only had one good leg anyway, and that was mess around with but, you. But it was. But at the time we went out on that little picnic or that camp, we went out there and barbecued, had all kind of food. And the park, the, the place was filled when we drove up there. Remember that? We, I don't know if we had one or two busloads of children. Probably two. We had two busloads of children that day. We had two buses of of, of students. students out there. Early one, I mean, like 9 o'clock in the morning, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, we arrived there, out there to cook. I can't remember the name of the park, of, not out of, out of the park, but we went out there, the guy let us come out there and uh, sit up. So we started cooking. We let, they, they, they got all excited. They were mm -hmm. running everywhere. Mm -hmm. They got mm -hmm. the canoes out there. They were going to jump in the canoes. They went and jumped in the swimming pool. You don't remember what happened? We, the park was filled when we got out there. With white people, <laughs> and within an hour, when we turned around, all the white people was gone. We had taken over. They had, they had left. They we didn't realize they had left. They had, we they they was in the pool. The sooner children got out of the pool in the pool, they jumped out. They got left out of the pool. Well, so you, so you, if anybody hearing this, we want you to know that was YEP organization. <laughs> Me and Miss Jordan, I did that day. 
with some other, with quite a few other uh, workers, with about, I don't know how many students we brought out to that day. And the, we turned around, all the white people gone. was gone. And had more of them than they had us when we got there. And we didn't even realize what happened, but guess what? It didn't phase them. Our children enjoyed themselves. Didn't phase them a bit. But isn't, isn't that, isn't that who we are? That's how we are? You know what I mean? It's like you want if you want to have a good time with us, we're willing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to leave, then we're gonna still have a good time. It's just no, the that's, show that's gold. Right. That's it's right. It's show not, don't it's stop like because you left. That's exactly right. We didn't even realize you was gold. <laughs> we, we had to we had to realize that <laughs> we're all the white people. At. <laughs> you know, we we didn't even realize that when we turned up. When I went back to the pool, that's when I realized. Like after about an hour, mm -hmm. I went back to the pool. Because, you know, they, the children was excited. Because right. that was right. a huge right. pool. That probably right. one of the biggest right. pools in the state. Huh. And uh, so when I, when I went back to the pool, that's, that's when I started paying attention. Like, Because all the little white girls, was, <laughs> was, they would, you know, when we show up, everybody, like, because the excitement we bring, the energy that we bring, right? You know, we, we come in. Yeah, like, we, we, know, right. we, we got bring that, it. Yep. We got that with that swag, they uh -huh. call it. And, you know, they jumping, they having fun. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, when I walk back, I look around, I see all the cars have left, because we mm -hmm. was on the bus, mm -hmm. we, was at, we, was at, we had buses. Mm -hmm. I see all the cars are gone, I see everybody, and the few people that are left, they're packing to leave. Mm -hmm. It's not even 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's not even 12 o'clock now. It's, it, you know, so it's like 9 mm -hmm. o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, and that's when I realized these people left. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to be around. Now this isn't, because you know we leave our color in the water oh, when we yeah, get to the, the pool. Water, we're dirty the water up, huh? This was yeah, like in that's 2000. How, that's how it goes. 2000, 2000. What was this? In, two, two, in 2000, probably. Yeah, 2000, probably 2001. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But the children enjoyed that. And mm -hmm. we enjoyed that day. Mm -hmm. We was out there cooking. Mm -hmm. We was out there. You, do, you, do you remember it now? See, I remember it. But let me tell you, let me tell you what my, my biggest, um, and this is, I, if I had to, you know, like, you know, say, what letter would you leave for your younger self? You know what I'm saying? I, I think I should have lived in the moments more. I think I, I, I existed in a moment, but I was always thinking about the next moment or, you know what I'm saying? I, if I had to do it all over again, I would enjoy, I would enjoy the time I wore my little... <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy the more um, the years I played ball for LSU because because don't get me wrong it's like the things that have happened recently have brought those memories back um, but I didn't live in those moments and I don't know I don't know why I didn't I didn't uh, I just didn't I guess I was on my way to something else. You know what I'm saying? Does it make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I can, yeah. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? And, and if I had to do it all over again, I'd live more in the moment. Now, I don't know. Maybe if I lived in the moment more, I would get mad at people because, you know, what, what happened at LSU was a lot of racism. You know what I mean? But because I wasn't living in the moment, I just kind of, you know, it was like there were folders in my head. So I kind of made a little note, put it there, and kept on going. That's why it wasn't necessary for me to forgive anybody because I didn't hate them because of it to begin with. I just looked at it as individual differences. You know what I'm saying? And you know, kind of like when you say, well, I don't want to be like that person. You know, but, but that's how I, I, did, I did not live in a moment. If I, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it more if I lived in the moment or. Now, 
saying what you just said about you know living in the moment, mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. now being in your present situation, present condition, mm -hmm. because I've had my own personal mm -hmm. situation that happened. They got a way of humbling you, humbling mm -hmm. you, and bring you back to focus on what's really important, you know, mm -hmm. in life. Yes. Uh, now, who would have thought Jonette, this healthy, beautiful sister, that you know, vibrant, athletic, mm -hmm. you know, is everything you can imagine, would be in a wheelchair? That's right. That's right. So that experience alone. That's is, right. What is that like? You're right, it was very humbling. Um, but it, it impacts all of your life. When it, when it, when it first happened, um, and people would call, I, I had friends who, who couldn't come by because I think what happened to me questioned their religious belief. You know, like, bad things shouldn't happen to good people. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like they had a problem coming by or they'd cry. I had people that would call me and a family that would call me, and by the time the conversation was over, they were thanking me because um, I uplifted them. Uh, but I tell you what, you, you, you do you do see things very different when you when you come. For me, it was uh, so few of us lived from what happened to me. Okay, it was an aortic dissection where a valve in the heart actually tears and blood escapes, mm -hmm. and so if they are cut me where they needed to. I could have bled out and died immediately. So they had to, you know, I had a surgeon that did about eight hours of surgery. But uh, but after you go through that, you go, you go, okay, you know, I've almost died. So the hell, that, that isn't scary anymore. You know? you know what I'm saying? And then you start looking at things, be it life, be it marriage, be it, you know, you just start looking at things and you look at, um, maybe that's why I, I think I, uh, I would rather live in the moment because maybe I would have handled a lot of things differently. Um, because now you look at, wow, life could have ended for me just like that, oh. and and you know, and then you say, okay, what didn't I do that I would have wanted to do or, or whatever that kind of thing. So so yeah, it's like it it kind of I don't know it kind of I don't want to say it makes you grow up, but you become a different type of person. Your advice is different to people because you see it as you only have one life. You know, and you you deserve to be happy. You know what I'm saying? And if there's something that's going on in your life that's not making you happy, then you should do something about it. And then you start um, making sure that the people that you have around you or the people that help light you up. Uh, you don't know how many caregivers I've fired uh, because they want to bring in their own aura as opposed to be a part of mine. I think, unfortunately, I think, you, I think you get a little selfish because you feel you know yourself better now. Before, where you were more uh, tolerant, you tend to to not. And you know, I call it selfish. But then I sometimes wonder that you know, are there people that operate that way? Period. I I just wasn't. <laughs> you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, because you know, when you feel that you will be here forever you feel you can put up with stuff that I don't know if you really have to put up with. You know what I'm saying? Or there's ways that you can um, uh, handle things. You know, in other words, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to, you don't have to be ugly with somebody to get out of doing it. You know, there are ways that you, that you just say, I just don't want to do it. I have that right to not want to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so 
so at, at first when this happened, um, uh, my thoughts were this, this happened to me in uh, April uh, of 2015. And uh, you know, my thought was, okay, by December, I'd be walking, right? And I go to this rehab uh, place, the, one of the top three in the country, uh, in Houston, Tier. And, uh, and they never told me that what I was thinking was just, they would tell me what my, ask me what my goal was every day, and my goal every day was to walk. You know, that, that was my goal, right? And it wasn't until I'd been there six weeks that I realized that, uh, okay, so what y'all have done in six weeks is you have taught me how to be a better handicapped person, okay? Because you really don't know when I'll walk again, right? And so it took me a long time to, to figure it out, to accept it. So I called myself, I call myself the 1% person because <laughs> less than 1% of us uh, live uh, from something like this. Um, there are things that were happening to me that, 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 that I was in that, that less than 1%, just, just the whole way things, that, just things were going with my, with, um, my care and everything. Uh, at the hospital, and then uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I still haven't let go of the idea that uh, I will walk again, even though um, every doctor, with the exception of one, from day one said I will never uh, walk again. Well, okay, now you, the, the valve in your heart, mm -hmm. your lower, your lower, the lower valve, the the the, the main the valve, valve that's about, right. to supply blood. Mm -hmm. Well, I keep messing with your your. Now, but what caused the pair? Because when the blood started to pool, it stopped going to the lower part of my body. So I became paralyzed because of a lack of blood flow. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's the injury to my spine, and a lack of blood flow. And you can't... Reverse that, huh? Right. No. There's nothing yet that has come out to reverse it. Isn't that wild? If I had broken my spine, I'd probably have a better chance of walking again. That they've learned to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a lack of blood flow, that's it. And Even though blood is flowing there now, it's it does well, not the thing is the, the the what it is is that my muscles and brain are not talking. So what's going on up here? I am paralyzed um completely from the navel down. Okay? And I'm partially paralyzed from the navel up to my breast. Like there are parts of me that if I stuck something, I can't feel it. You know, and, and sitting there looking at you, none of that makes sense to me. Oh, because looking at this healthy, you know, to me, although you're not, you're in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. You still because, look like a healthy. Woman. I, I refuse to let this kick my butt. Uh, is it hard being in a wheelchair? Oh yes, yes. You know, because to go to bed, I have to get out of it and get in it. You know, to to get to get up for the day, I have to get back in it. It's not the easiest thing. I have um, pain 24-7, you know. It's a pain where the, the live muscles meet the dead muscles all the way around my body. Uh, it's pain. But you know, but you know, I mean, look, do I wish I wasn't paralyzed? Yes. But, you know, I'm one of God's children, so if it's not going to be me, then who? You know, evidently, it's something that he feels I can handle, I can deal with. Um, uh, there are some things, that's why I like your, your, your podcast, because there are some things that 
you, I, I'd like to do a podcast on. But we had this wonder, uh, wonderful guest here, Ms. Jonette Baptiste. What it is? Boutte. When I was young, we used to say booty. booty. <laughs> they changed it. They changed it. But what they call it? French. Like French. Boutte, huh? When you come out to Baton Rouge, they say booty. You go back to New Iberia, they say booty. The booty. Still say booty. Yeah, okay, still, that's, that's what it is. So, I mean, what that guy did, Keshawn Boutte. Right, right, right. We're going to be calling him booty for this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we thank you for being on Count Time. We enjoyed having you. We enjoyed having such a frank and honest, straightforward type of conversation. This went better than I had even imagined. So I don't know what you're thinking about. I truly are so welcome. Thank you for being here on Count Time. You're so welcome. Man can shackle the hand. The man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.